I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, a couple weeks, well, a couple months ago, God told me I needed to talk to Pastor Bill. And I told the Lord, I'll do it next week. And I'll do it next week. And God kept telling me, talk to Pastor Bill. This is out of my comfort zone. I've given my testimony at women's retreats, at women's functions. But could there be more people in this church today? (laughs) So I'm going to try to make it through. And with God's help, I will. Um, I was born in 1960. And the main place of my childhood that I remember is Clatskanai, Oregon. I loved it there. I was in Girl Scouts. I was in 4-H cooking and sewing. I liked swimming, diving, and track. I was young and innocent. But in 1972, we had to move. I was 12, and we moved here to Yakult. There was no Girl Scouts. There was no 4-H. There was no swimming, track, or diving. Where do I fit in? I was lost. From age 12 to 16, I made choices that were not good. I was smoking, drinking, doing drugs, partying. I was sexually active. I got kicked out of school and minor in possession. At eighth grade graduation, the biggest joke of the night was what I was going to be reincarnated as. They said I was going to come back as a nun. People talked about me. Did you hear what Mary did today in school? You'd never guess what she wore to school today. Or did you hear what she said to Mr. Pelham today? Picture a kid that you know that is out of control, making bad choices. What do you think of that kid? Do you think they're worthless? Do you think they'll never amount to nothing? Well, the person that started this church, Mac and Margaret McDaniels, they loved the kids of Yakult. And Margaret thought if only Jesus could get into her life, he could transform her. She would pray for the kids in Yakult. And especially the ones she saw uptown, be a naughty, <laughs> and that was me a lot. So she prayed for me a lot. My junior year of high school, I was pregnant the whole year. Ten days after school let out, I gave birth to a beautiful baby girl. Everybody thought it was the worst thing that could ever happen, but she was the best thing for me. The second I saw her, my desires changed I went from party girl to wanting to be a good mom. The only problem was I was stuck in the party and drug world. My boyfriend, the father of my baby, and all my friends partied. That was my world. I made choices that dug this hole. In November, I married John, the father of my baby. I was 17. John's desires never changed. His main goal was to party and get high. He was physically, mentally, verbally, sexually abusive to me. 
but I loved him. We lived in cheap rentals and at times with our parents. The year John turned 21 was a very hard year. I was 19. We got evicted from one rental. We squatted in a broken down house here in Yakult. The winter was very cold. Our son Justin was born that year. My mom would bring me food. I picked up a lot of walnuts that year crying underneath my sister's walnut tree. But it was a good year also. The neighbor lady started talking to me about Jesus. She was raised Catholic just like me, but she was thinking about visiting this little white church on the other side of Yakult. The following year, I quit smoking, had to choose between cigarettes for me or milk for my babies. But there was still money for my husband to buy an ounce of weed or a half gallon of whiskey or vodka. My girlfriend's baby died that year, and it made me start questioning, was God the God that I was raised to believe, or was he somebody different? That neighbor lady and I came and visited this church, and they didn't have a pastor at that time. And I cornered Robin Harmon and asked my questions. And he opened up God's word, and he showed me what God had to say. But he told me not to just believe him. He encouraged me to come back and learn for myself. So I started coming to church and learning. At first, it was really hard because Satan didn't want me here. And some of the battles that I went through every Sunday when I walked into this church, Satan would whisper to me, You'll never be as good as these church ladies. You might as well leave. But I kept coming back because I am stubborn. And in Sunday school in those days, when it was your birthday, they had you get up front, and they would sing happy birthday to you, and they would give you a pencil. And my pencil was Psalms 37.5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Well, my view of God was very small, and I had God in this small little box. So the only way I could see it coming to pass was that God was going to kill my husband. He was so mean and so abusive But God showed me that that wasn't his plan. He called me to love my husband. And it was hard at first, but then it became a game between my Savior and I to look for ways to be loving and kind. We had to move again, and we were going to be in another dumpy old place. And in that dumpy place on Wilson Street... God used Diane Harmon to teach me that a wise woman builds up her house, but a foolish one tears it down with her own hands. John went drinking one night, and the next day I thought, I'm going to go drinking. I'm over 21. He can stay at home and watch the kids. But here came Diane knocking on my door with strawberry plants, and the Lord 
told me to stop thinking those foolish thoughts, plant the strawberries for my babies, and make wise choices. That same year, I ended up running for my life in the middle of the night. And I was at a point where I realized God was not going to kill my husband. And I was at a point where I thought I needed to die. That was the only way out. But God showed me that my children needed me and that their life without me would not be very good. So I started committing myself to the Lord more. I would come to the church and I would cry every week in the back pew. I would plug my heart into the cross and it was like my energy plant. I would soak up God's word and I could survive anything. That same year, we were going to have to move to another dump. And I got it in my brain. I wanted my own dump. At least people couldn't make me leave. And God worked miracles. And we bought a trailer that was 10 by 50. And God worked out all the details. The following year, he gave me land. We had, it was crazy for me to even think I could own land. But God, all things are possible through God. The land he gave me was a block from this church, across the street from Ken and Betty Jane, the perfect place where I needed to be. I could tell you so many stories of what God has done for me. As I worked through doing this, I thought, oh, should I tell them the story about how God used chocolate kisses to show my husband that he was an ass and he was abusive? Should I tell you about the stories of him growing marijuana in my bathroom closet and dividing up cocaine while I hid and was afraid that my church friends were going to find it and how God finally made me strong enough to tell him not to bring that stuff into my house? Should I tell you about the day God taught me to count my blessings or how God used the church to get me my business license so I could be the janitor here or how at midnight I would clean the church and I would hide out here because it was a safe place and how God would make me sing the joy of the Lord is my strength as I was crying or how God used Pastor Clyde or how a codependency support group and a class at Multnomah School of the Bible helped me get stronger. How God used Chrissy Swift's mom's parenting class to help me teach and discipline my kids, or my circular driveway that only God could give, or the miracle of my daughter Natasha when I was told I couldn't have any more kids? Or should I tell you about how God gave me Gerdin when my marriage was falling apart and my husband was into meth? And how I thought it was my job to hold the marriage together and how God was teaching me that he is the Savior 
Should I tell you about the Wellmans and the Eddies that gave me a safe place to stay when I needed it? Or how God helped me when I was a single mom? When I couldn't hold it together, but God could. Should I tell you about the fire that should have built, totally burnt down the house at Railroad Avenue? But how God stopped the fire as soon as everything that was John's was destroyed. But everything that the kids and I needed was still standing. Should I tell you how the hunters gave me dishes when my house needed to be jacked up and I was a single mom? And it was too big for me, but it wasn't too big for God. Should I tell you about the masons and my septic tank? Or should I tell you about how God put Mike in my life and was telling me to marry him and I had these walls built up and God was tearing them down and I felt like I was going to die if I married him and I felt like I was going to die if I didn't. Should I tell you how God worked it out for Amber, Mike's daughter, to come live with us from the East Coast? Or the problems of blended families and how God helped us through? Should I tell you about having three teenager daughters in the house from three different moms and how ugly that can get? (laughs) But God is still there. Should I tell you about when I lost heart and I thought church was crap and God was crap and I ripped up my Bible and Satan almost won, but he didn't. (laughs) Um, I am going to tell you the story about forgiveness And I will share any one of those stories if you ask me personally, but I'm not going to say them all here. But forgiveness. I had a lot of anger and bitterness stuffed in my heart that I had stuffed. And God used the Wilsons and a program, um, the SAFE program in a little church in Battleground, It's a 12-step program, and it helped me to start working through all the garbage and to forgive my ex-husband. Every year after my kids were grown, Garrett was 18 now, I would get letters in the mail from child support reminding me that my ex-husband owed me over $42,000 in back child support. I can remember one year getting five bucks, but I needed to release that. Every time I got that, it just was holding me captive. And I called the child support and asked, how do I just forgive this? I need it to be over. And they thought I was crazy. (laughs) You don't have to forgive it. We'll just stop sending you letters for the next 10 years. If he gets any money, we'll confiscate it. And it was like, no, I need it to be done. Well, that year, I wrote the letter to Olympia saying I didn't want this 
I wanted to release this. That year, our business made $42,000 more and almost to the exact penny of what John owed me. Our business has been doing great ever since, and I am free from all that bitterness. So God needs to be your savior, not people. God will use people, but Jesus needs to be your savior. Churches can't be your savior, but God will blow up any box you stuff him in, and it all belongs to him, and he... He disperses it.